hiatus due to sickness. You're listening to the Creepy Girls Podcast. If I would have recorded a couple weeks ago, it would have been the Sick Girls Podcast because we battled sickness. Very tired. You're very tired. I'm, yeah, it's been a doozy. Now it's the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm living off cold brew. Yeah, um, I'm living off of this coffee you just gave me. I've actually gone through podcasting withdrawals. My friend Bobby, he has his own podcast. He says that you become addicted to podcasting. And when you don't podcast, like you're thinking about podcasting. And you're also like coming up with like all these podcasts that you could do. So like when you're living your life and you're doing day-to-day things, you'll be like, there should be a podcast. And you'll create new podcasts every day about podcasts you should have. Like, I would like to make a Disneyland podcast, but I'm also a nerd, so there's that. I'm Shanna. I also go by Birdie. I'm Kaylee. I go by Kitty. So you can, I mean, either way, like, that's our nicknames. And, ew, I can hear you with your mouth ASMR much. <laughs> She's, like, cleaning her teeth with her tongue. You can hear. That's I'm how trying g- to get the coffee off my tongue. That's how good our mics are. I'm so impressed that our mics are actually this decent. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> Oh, anyways, so we had this great plan of this episode being a ghost episode. However, we're probably going to take a quick stop. We got, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? We got sidetracked by a documentary that came out. Sucked in. Sucked into a documentary on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. And it's actually, it was suggested by one of our members in our Facebook group. If you're not in our group. Is it Mandy? Yeah, it was my friend Mandy. She suggested you need to watch it. And I was like, okay, I'll add it to my list. I didn't make any kind of rush about it. I just said, oh, okay, I'll add it to my list. And one night I watched it and I can honestly say I have never stood up, paused, had to rewind a documentary so much in my life imagine driving like i commuted and listened to the netflix documentary you you listened to it i listened to it the first time and i was like did you that's dangerous you weren't watching it were you no i wasn't watching it i usually put on documentaries and i listened through them okay yeah i can see that because i'll work on my computer and just listen to things so i get Mm -hmm. that um i had my husband jake watch with me and we just kept pausing it and we never, like, I never felt like we were actually watching it because we just kept pausing it. And I was like, is this for real? And at one point Jake had a pillow across his lap and he flipped the pillow into the air. He stood up and he said, I'm done. And he walked out of the room. So yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I feel the need to talk about this documentary. (laughs) I feel like it needs to be discussed. I don't know what's more shocking. The whole concept of what actually happened or the parents. Okay, first off, this is going to be a spoiler alert for you. If you have not watched this documentary and you... You plan on watching this documentary. Pause this. Don't listen to this episode. Watch it immediately. Watch it as soon as you can. Like and then you think it's like, oh, it's just a documentary no. about an abduction. Watch it and come back to us. Okay? We'll wait for you. We're okay with that. <laughs> you need to watch this. Okay? Because 
you're going to scream at your TV. You're going to pause it. You're going to walk away. You're going to go, there's no way. The disbelief and, and just the thing about this documentary is just when you're like, this can't get worse. You're just like, oh, it's just one bad decision, right? No. It's one bad decision. Every minute gets worse. Every minute. And it has to be the stupidest family I've ever heard. They cannot be. You're talking to a person who was extremely, like, innocent and naive growing up. And I'm sorry. This is insanity. So, your spoiler alert is over. If you are continuing to listen, we are going to ruin this documentary for you. Now, that being said, if you never plan on watching this documentary, brace yourself. Brace yourself for At what we're about to tell you. At least the documentary is going to ease you into it. We're not going to do that. No, because we don't have time for that crap. <laughs> okay, Kaylee, where do we even start? Like, where do you even start? I guess you can start at, like, how he got into the family, maybe? I will tell you the documentary told the story very well. They I don't even miss chunks out of the story if you look into it, though. Yeah, and I believe that. I don't even know. There is stuff that's left out. So, Abducted in Plain Sight is a documentary, and you know the whole time they were making this documentary, they were just like, there's, there's no way. The editors actually stopped it until they had physical proof that this happened, and they had to have the FBI files actually, like brought to them because they put a pause for six weeks on editing this they said nope i don't want to do this anymore i don't know how this is even real life and then they got video evidence from the fbi of the interviews of him admitting it so this is a story about jan jan broberg is the girl who was abducted in plain sight okay now the person that they were talking about bob birchall bob birchall they called him b Okay. I mean, it's a pretty innocent story. It's like, oh, two parents meet another group of parents. And it's like, oh, they're but, at church. It's LDS church. We believe in the same thing. We're the same morals. We can have our kids we hang have out. Families. It's perfect. We're, we're they're both, constantly, oh, yeah. I have a babysitter. I have a carpool. This person drove the kids and then like hung out every night and stuff like that. Yeah. The families were friends. The dads were friends. The moms were friends. The kids were friends. You know, you, have you ever had mm-hmm. like a, a, a family friend that you just hang out with all the time? Like they became just really family, trusted. Family. Yes. Family so, friends. And that's what makes it even more disturbing is because if you know somebody this well, wouldn't you pick up on the issues? So, Well, the parents, even throughout the whole thing, they're like, yeah, it's a little weird how he acted around particular people, but like, but not overlooked it. Not us. And then then we find out that there's three other families that were in the same situation where he tried to go after their daughter and they told him to go away. Yeah. And they stopped hanging out with them. So this all happened to, we're getting off on a tangent because we're so, like, there's so much emotion behind this documentary. This is a story, the documentary, it's talking about how it was set in 1974. Okay. And Jan Broberg, she was 12 years old and she lived in a small town in Idaho you know, super, they were LDS church members. They, they were really, you know, quiet people and they made friends at church with this guy and his family. And it was a really deep, close friendship. He was over there all the time. But the first thing that struck weird to me, you know, it was like strange is that they said they didn't like the attention that he paid their 12 year old daughter, Jan. 
And I thought to myself, well, there's your first flag. You love him so much, but you didn't like the attention he was paying your daughter. So why didn't you say something? Why didn't you like, why didn't you do something? But they didn't. This is, this is, this is going to be a trend. The trend of I never do anything ever. Like they never do anything ever. So they noticed it, but they just ignored it. Yeah, I don't get it. They just ignored it. So things get extremely weird. I'm trying to figure out how to discuss this in well, a... Well, first, he, like, he admits to people that he's into little children, and he goes to a clinical he, psychologist. He, well, no, no, he admitted that because I thought... He admitted uh, it. Do you not remember his brother getting the interview? Where oh. he was like, my brother's always been into little girls. Oh, yeah, but he didn't tell that family mm-hmm. that, but he had no, had no, no, a no. history. He admitted it to a <clears throat> clinical psychologist. Yes. And that clinical psychologist gave him this weird tapes that he was listening to. And then he told him to surround himself with small children and listen to the tapes. The clinical psychologist told him he needed to surround himself with what was bothering him, a.k.a. little girls, and listen to these tapes. And these tapes were creepy. This guy wasn't licensed, by the way. He wasn't. We found out later that he had had his license revoked. He was a kook. He was a complete kook. And so... He asked the parents if he could lay in bed with their daughter, 12-year-old daughter, and listen to these tapes and said, it was a part of my therapy because I was molested by my aunt when I was four years old. Which was a lie. Yep. Okay. But they said, oh, that's a weird therapy. But sure. 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 Okay. That sounds great. Didn't ask about the therapist. Didn't ask about any notes on but it. But let's talk about this family. So Why this... can't you lay with your own kids? Yeah. That's weird. This was a man, a grown 40-something-year-old man, and he's laying in bed every night. Well, not every night, but some nights with her 12-year-old daughter. Now, the thing is, is that the mom talks about how attractive he was and honestly and his charisma i have seen this guy and he was so not ugly. he was he looks like a pervert okay he looks like a creeper all right but to her i guess there was some kind of charisma he had or he had uh, a manipulation tactics to make you think okay, that he was attractive he just complimented her yeah and was it they seem i mean honestly they seem like a really stupid bunch of people but at some point she makes out with him like on like a ski trip he gets yeah they take a family ski trip together the families Isn't it do with the church like a church group oh thing? i don't know if it, i thought it was families but maybe i'm wrong he uh he ends up like literally like grabbing her boobs and stuff like it's on a ski lift yeah like they're making out and it's gross and she's like oh i feel so bad for 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 you know my my sacred marriage vows messing them up and blah 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 and i'm like Okay, that's pretty bad. But wait, it gets worse. Okay, so then they're getting past this, right? It never happened, all right? So don't tell any of their spouses what's happened. Don't tell any of their spouses, whatever. So then the dude is like, hey, I'm going to come up to your work and I want to talk to you about my wife. So he tells, his name was Bob too, right? Because he's Bob Birchall. Mm-hmm. So they are both Bob. So Bob and Bob, okay. Oh, Bob Birchall and Bob Broberg. Yeah, Broberg is Jan's dad. So Bob goes to Bob's work and says, hey, man, I'm having a bad day. Let's go for a ride in my car. And he gets in the car and they start driving around and he says, man, I hate my wife. My wife sucks. Blah, blah, blah. And starts going off on it. 
which you think, okay, this is like a bro talking to his bro, and he's gonna like complain you know, about his wife, complain like about his wife, people. you know, women problems, you know, huh? But no, it takes a really weird turn. I, I don't even know how to address this. They basically just had a homosexual relationship after that. Um, very awkward. He. He says, man, my wife's not sleeping with me or I don't want to, I, I need this or that. And can you please take your hand? And I'm sorry. I, I stopped, I stopped the documentary. I stopped the documentary and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And you would think the dude's like, oh, ha 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 I'm ha. sorry. I would be like, huh, you're funny. Or, you're funny. This or, is a dude joke. Ha ha, I'm oh, walking what? out of the car. That, that is weird. And instead he does it. He um does it? If one of my best friends said something like that to me, I'd be like, um, okay, so I'm getting out of the car now. This is creepy. This is creepy. This never happened. Don't ever talk to me again. No, no, no. He does it. It's essentially a homosexual sexual encounter. Like, I don't... Like, and, and looking at this guy, the super churchy church man, it's the opposite of what you think. And apparently, well, they blame him. Oh, he was so... Care- he was just... And I'm like, he was not that charismatic. And he was saying, like, he was so experienced with everything. And it's gross. It's so gross. Now, yeah, the reason that it's gross it's... is because these people pretend they're super, super Christians. but they're They LDS, they, uh, Church of Jesus Christ. They're, like, super duper duper super Christians, but they don't live their life like super Christians, right? They, they do things the opposite of what they pretend they act like. You know what I'm saying? They have a face for the public. And then behind the doors, she's making out with him. He's grabbing her boobs. This guy is like... Also entering a relationship with him. Um, yeah, with his hand. I mean, like, it's so it's gross. Creepy. It's so gross. I'm sorry. It's so gross. And, and it's gross because this gets even deeper. So, so then... They're both kind of sort of in romantic relationships unknowingly with the same person who doesn't even care about them. He wants, he's doing this, he's manipulating to get to their little girl, which is sickening. It's so gross. So, and there's actually this meme. And he meme. comes over every night and he, he works at a furniture place and he's also a slightly a contractor. So he makes his own furniture and stuff like that. And so... The 12-year-old, and I think she was nine, her nine-year-old sister, slept in the same basement room. Yeah, huge room. And he puts up a temporary wall. Because he's like... It wasn't temporary. It wasn't temporary. It was a He made wall. an actual wall. Like, like you know, not like an mm-hmm. amazing wall, but he put up a, a wall barrier so they each had separate space. Exactly. But it was also so he could and get her alone. Get an excuse to be in her room. Yeah, that way when, that way he could be What's alone with her. sister's name? Because she is significant in the story later on. Karen was karen her sister's name was karen yeah so she shared a room horrible names in that she, family. she she shared a room with karen and he built her a wall it seems innocent at first but then you realize that it's because he was going to sleep in that room with her for his therapy and he wanted her to he was separating mm-hmm. her to have him to herself to get her her own space to have her alone so it's really super gross I keep saying gross because that's what this documentary is. Yeah, because if you're she... drinking, if it's a drinking game, coffee, water, diet coke, whatever your beverage of choice is, every time I say gross, go ahead and just take a drink. <laughs> uh, also, throughout this, she kind of gets a warning because she spent the night at his house on the trampoline, oh. and an inappropriate thing happened, and she yeah. didn't understand why. And this guy was she so she... close to her that 
nothing could have happened. It was just him. Yeah, she said that she went camping over at their house. Or not camping. They she, just stayed the night on the she trampoline. Went, she went to go spend the night with those, his kids. You know, like have a summer party with his kids. For some reason, and this they guy slept, slept out there with her. Yeah, they slept all They the slept outside like they were camping. And she said she woke up and... She woke up and her pants were at her... I'm just going to call him B because yeah. his name's hard to say. Uh, Birch told... Birchtold was next to her and she said that her panties were down and she was like what on earth and then she asked him she said something about it and he said oh well you were tossing and turning you probably wiggled yourself out of them and she was little and she was like oh well I guess it kind of could make sense that's weird but okay it's super weird okay so that's not warning enough and he took excessive amounts of pictures of her and it made her parents uncomfortable. But they're too busy, like, I don't and know, being also, attracted to him to notice or to care. He also tried to hang out with another family at the church. And so B invited the other family. It was just a husband and a wife, because that was the only ones that would go, on a boating trip where they were going to go hang out on the pontoon boat and have a good time. And it was just him, Jan, and then that couple. And they were like... Why is a 12-year-old here? What is the situation? And he was like, it was weird. And he was touching her and staring at her. Weird. And he was like, I can't hang out with this guy anymore. That was weird. One of the things that really bothered me was that he was grooming her the entire time because he would always talk about her allergies and how she had allergies. So he constantly would give her quote unquote allergy medicine all the time because she had so much um, allergy problems and allergic reactions to things. And I'm like, well, if your parents aren't giving you allergy pills, why is a strange man that comes over to your house? Well, not a strange man, but this man that comes over to your house randomly when he hangs out with you, gives you allergy medicines. He was grooming her for the big to do the big abduction. So this guy planned this out. They had an RV in storage. He got it ready. He went to her mom's house and he said, Hey, I want to take Jan horseback riding. Can I take her horseback riding? And the mom said, uh, no. And then she, he goes, come on, let me take her horseback she was riding. Like, it's a school night. It's you a have school piano night. Piano lessons. Yeah. And so she said, okay, fine. Because can, Jan was begging. Jan was begging to go with him because, you know, Jan adored him. And, and he had been grooming her. And she said, fine, Jan can go. You better have her back before Bob gets home from work, though, or we're all going to be in trouble, you know? And so he takes off with her. They get in the car, and the first thing he does is he hands her her allergy medicine. Because she's allergic to horses, is what he says. Yeah, you're allergic to horses. Here's your allergy medicine. The girl, Jan, passes out. So then Bob Birchtold goes and drives the car to wherever the RV is, and he stages that they've been abducted or murdered or something. outside of the car punches the window in to look like someone had tried to get him from the outside yeah he like he he staged a fake abduction of both of them to somehow make it like to make it seem like they were both abducted so then they get in the rv and he takes off for mexico now the poor girl this is the weirdest thing the poor girl when she wakes up she's in a weird place she's in this rv and there's a box next to her and the speaker starts talking to her and it's an, the speaker says, it's a cassette. <laughs> that, yeah, it says that it's an alien 
And that... She says, first, it's just weird noises like... Over and over and over again for this hours. This guy did some production quality, apparently. I want, I want to know what the process was of this. He was like, I'm going to make an alien tape. He's like, hmm, how can I make a 12-year-old room? realize i sound like an alien alien. ironically that would be the first time that an alien invaded mexico and not not in america (laughs) oh it's a joke it's an immigration joke (laughs) anyways but yeah so they're running into mexico and he says oh you know the tape says this isn't you're an alien you're your, your mom is your mom, but your dad is not your dad. But You're your actually... dad knows, and he takes care of you anyways. And so it's like a Christ with Joseph and Mary situation. Yeah, it's and like so your... she's like, it's a Christmas story. Yeah, it's like a it's Christmas story. Unbelievable. She's like, oh, so my dad's not my real dad. I'm actually an alien. I'm half alien. I'm half alien. I'm half alien. And so it tells her she's half alien. And it's and her Zelda mother and... Zena? Something. Anyway, so she's half alien, and her mom raises her, and her dad supports her knowing that it was some kind of immaculate or alien conception, and it's like, you know, because honestly, the LDL community does believe, like, their belief is that there will be a a ship that comes and takes them to, you know, at the end. For Armageddon, the end of times, it'll be a ship that that. comes and saves them. So in her head, she's like, well, a ship's going to come save us. So of course there's aliens. I'm an alien. I'm half alien. I'm this half alien creature that, you know, is on earth right now. And it tells her that her job is as this half alien is that she's the chosen one who's going to save the alien race of another planet. she's going to save this planet. She's going to save this planet because what she has to do is she has a mission and her mission is to have a child and the child that she has will save this alien planet that she's a half alien from or whatever. she has to give birth to this child before the age of 16. Yes. At this point, she's 12. And she has to give birth to a child before she is 16 years old. You know, she's really actually thinking this is true. And she's like, huh. And then the video then tells her if she doesn't complete the mission, her other siblings are also half alien. One's going to get killed and one's going to go blind. Karen is going to be the next one. So if she doesn't make it at 16, Karen's next to do the same mission. Yeah, I think I think she was. And then if she, she tells anyone, they're going to eliminate her father for being anywhere close to her after this. And then they're going to make Susan go blind. Yeah. So so they're going to kill her if she doesn't do it. And then they're going to use her sister. And then if I guess like the if father was going to die and they're going to kill the father and they're going to make her sister blind and this and this and that. And so she is a little 12-year-old girl, and she actually believes this. And so she goes into the other room after this cassette's done or whatever, and B, Bob Birchtold, is laying on the couch pretending to be knocked out. He's got scrapes all he's over like, him she and lo- bruises. He looks dead. He looks dead. She wakes him up, you know, because he's pretending that he's out. And he's like, oh, my God, we were abducted. And and he she tells him about the mission. And, and also part of the mission is that she will miraculously look up and find the male companion she's supposed to have this child with. Yeah. Like manipulation 101. And so she wakes up and immediately sees B. And so she's like, oh, he's only like, I don't know, 30 something years older like, than me. I know he's that's chosen weird, one. but. It's weird that I'm an alien, so what's weird anymore? Yeah. 
everything's weird. So it's just normal, you know? So anyways, so yeah, he ends up raping her, molesting her, raping her in this RV. And they end up in Mexico where they get married. He marries her, but then he can't take her back to the States. The marriage isn't legal in the States because she's underage. And he calls her parents at some point. And they're freaking out, but they don't call the She's police. She's not for... allowed to get married without the consent of her parents. Because yeah. if you are married in a different country under the age of a certain age and you transfer over and you have the consent of the parents, for example, this, it was a huge deal in Alabama because it was a whole bunch of sex trafficking things. Mm -hmm. And so there is a technical legal law that allows you to do that. Yeah. So. She, well, he wanted to come back to America, but if he did, that he marriage was null and void. He would go to jail and it wouldn't be valid. So he called them and said, hey, I'll bring her back. However... No, he called his brother. Yeah. He called his brother and said, his brother tell called. them, tell them that I'll bring her back, but they have to allow us to be married, to give their consent for her to be married there. And also don't press charges, don't do anything... But these people are already this stupid because when their child was abducted, they knew exactly who she was with. And they didn't call the police for how long? Four days. Four days. But then they didn't get the FBI in touch for two weeks. Two weeks. Why would you... If your child was missing for two hours, you'd be like dialing the police. But now what, you're not going to call well, for four days? She was like freaked out for a little bit and then she calmed down. She was like, oh, maybe their battery died or something. And it's then just B. the wife came over panicky and then she goes, oh, I guess we should call the police. And the wife talks her out of it. Because I'm sorry, the wife had to know something was wrong. How did the wife not know that something was up? The wife knew something was wrong. I'm sorry. But so anyways, um, so he, they don't call the police until days later. They don't call the FBI until forever later. I'm sorry. Every hour matters when your child's been abducted and they just were okay with it because they knew him. And I don't know what is wrong with them, but anyway, so they're in, at this point, they're in Mexico. They're married in Mexico to a, you know, 40 something year old man and a 12 year old girl. And he says, I'll bring her back if you don't, number one, don't press charges. And number two, you let us be married. And they're like, heck no, no way. So what they did is they, they traced the call. They um, traced the call, right? They said no. The brother decided it was time to get the little girl home. So he called and then he also called the FBI and the FBI tapped the phone. And then he also admitted to what part of Mexico he was in. And so the Federalis was sent. Federales. Was sent. I love and the they word. they basically put him in the... Mexican equivalent jail. Yeah. I love the word federales. But also, weirdly, they put we Jan the in word? there, too. But can we then... talk about federales? Why can't we talk about federales? It's a fun word. Federales. You're creepy. Federales. When you say it like that, I'm trying to remember what you sound like. Federales. I'm sorry. What's we can the continue. movie with Will Ferrell where it's the, the, like... Oh, that really bad Spanish movie he did? No, 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 oh. no. The one with the cologne that makes the noise. Oh, Sex Panther. Anchorman. Anchorman. Federales. <laughs> this is what he would do with the face. I know, Federales. I like it. Okay, anyways. But, um, but yeah, so... Jan in the jail, too. Yeah, I think it was more to protect her. I think it was like a negotiation room. But then he gave up his gold wedding ring to one of the guards and the guards took her to go talk to him oh yeah he bartered he totally um not bartered what's the word i'm looking for he bribed he bribed them he said here's my golden wedding ring i'll give it to you but you gotta go let me talk to her so of course this is a mexican super corrupt prison and he goes and he gets to talk to her and he tells her okay 
if you want the mission to not be ruined and zelda just talked to me yeah they said that we can't tell anybody about the mission or if they do they'll just kill they'll kill them they'll kill your dad they'll kill everybody and they'll move on to susan and they'll move on to susan or karen or whoever it was like and so he's like so you can't tell a soul they're like your dad will be incinerated yeah and so don't you can't tell a soul <clears throat> and you can't be close to your dad or have an interaction with anyone other than me he's like yeah he's like i'll be in touch with you like it'll work out we'll figure it out but you know don't tell anybody just keep your guard up so anyways she goes back to america and her parents i think at some point said like we knew like our little girl was different than like she had changed well he he said they were flying home and she was so mad that they called the fbi on them that she had just gone on vacation with him and you ruined my vacation and yeah why did you do that to be and then she refused to sit next to her dad and she sat in a separate row from them see the problem is that she was brainwashed she had like um stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. where you you empathize with your captors and they brainwash you into thinking she that you're like, on their side you're 12 this is the equivalent of what i thought true love was at 12 years old yeah and so anyways they get back on the plane they go back so they get on the plane and they go home and at this point she is like i still have to do the mission i'm gonna figure it out blah 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 but she's already mentally checked out from her parents because she's got a mission to do and everything in her life starts getting affected she's a changed person and i can't imagine what that would have been like i will say that they did check her for rape and they couldn't find, this is the 70s, they couldn't find proof that she had actually there been raped. There was a reason why. Yes, there was a reason why. She, they couldn't find proof that she was actually raped. As far as they could tell, maybe she wasn't. And she wasn't saying a word. You know, because it's the mission. She's not going to ruin the mission. So she didn't say a word. So, but she was raped. But he, he didn't... He, he was, was very, very he was very particular careful. and meticulous about he this. He was very careful about how he did it. That way there wouldn't be um, physical proof. And so it was very, very messed up. So anyways, so her parents, like for all they knew, she hadn't been raped and she wasn't talking. So he gets out of Mexican prison and he comes back to his wife, which by the way, as a wife... How can you continue to be married to somebody and and pretend things are good when he's abducted a 12-year-old, married her in Mexico, and been in a Mexican prison for it? I don't get it. I, I don't get it either. So, wasn't his wife's name Gail or something? Gail. Yeah, his wife's name was Gail. Um, so, he goes out about life like normal. He actually moves to a different state and he, he leaves starts his family to work behind. for his brother selling cars and he was like oh man he can really sell cars he was he can the best sell anything. and he made promises that he was going to build a house and he was going to move the family up he was getting a new start in a new city and he needed to go first so he could get things set up and get things together you but know the reason why he got away with everything was because the parents basically the fbi said all right in order to be able to investigate him fully we're gonna have to admit what he just told us he's like we're gonna have to investigate you and you're going to have to explain what this guy just said on how both of y'all have were been in a relationship have been sexually then, involved with him that means that you have to air out the fact to the lds church that bob the dad was in a homosexual relationship yes and the mom 
was cheating on her husband with the guy. It's, but it's, the main it's part like that was meme. like, oh my God, I feel so bad for Bob because Bob will be outed to the church. Okay, it's like that meme. It's like when you're cheating on your wife with the guy that you're cheating on her with, but then he's, he's cheating, cheating on, on you with, with your daughter. Sin. Like, it's like, oh my God, the, it's painful. It's painful. So they were so, and this is the, this is the, the moral of the whole story here is that the parents in this story are more worried about protecting themselves and their reputation and being selfish with their actions, that they're willing to sacrifice their daughters to save their own reputation and to be selfish. And this goes into so many levels. And I'll talk about this at the end of the, of the podcast. Uh, but, but so they're not willing to air their dirty laundry. So they drop the charges. And then basically the county refuses to not charge him with something. So they didn't charge him with endangerment of a child. And so he only like basically either gets like a month in jail or parole. Yeah. It was like a slap on the wrist and then he moved. Now, he didn't, this is so early in time that he didn't have to register as a sex offender mm-hmm. or anything. And then at the time, also, he was writing love letters. He wrote love jam. letters to her. They would show up at her house. She would randomly have tapes on her nightstand with messages from him. She would write him back and it was love letters. And it's just such a horrible, messy, nasty, like she, this poor 12-year-old girl thought that she was in love with this man because she had been manipulated and brainwashed. It was the definition of disgusting. Anyway, she goes through this phase and anyone that's like been a teenager that, you know, you go through your rebellious phases, your schoolwork can get, can suffer. Your friendships with people, your relationships with your families can suffer. Well, she was suffering in all ways because she was fixated on the mission that nobody knew about. And she was getting closer and closer to 16. And she hadn't seen Bob in forever, but they were sending love letters to each other. And so when he moved, was it to Nebraska? Did he move to? It was to? some place. And so when he moved, he opened up an arcade, I believe. It was a little like arcade or something. And she uh, it wanted was an to arcade. work there. It was like a water park or like a bumper cars. Yeah, it was an arcade. It was like a little arcade. It was an arcade. Park, it had it had bumper cars. Mm-hmm. It was like a little, yeah, I think something for kids, which is actually the opposite of what this man needed to run. Yeah, he needed to awful. not have a business where kids go, but hey, that's what he likes. He's a pervert. Let's open so a kid's thing. she wanted to work there for the summer and he offered to fly her up. And her parents denied and denied and denied. Until she freaked until out. Until she was like, you're either going to fly me there or I am going to walk there and hitchhike there. And so her idiot and then parents Bob called and was Bob was like, oh, she's she's leaving now to go hitchhike. You better run to her room and catch her before she leaves. And so the mom was like, OK, I'll fly you there. And so these idiots, the, the idiot parents put her on a plane to go visit her abductor that raped her. Are you kidding me? I, mm, 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 baby Jesus. Well, at this time, there mm. was no proof of a sexual assault. Yes, but obviously the guy mm. is a pervert. The mom sneaks and puts her on a plane and then and tells so her dad later married. because she's out of control. She obviously can't mother correctly. She can't stay faithful in a relationship. Her husband can't either. They can't do the right thing ever. Why not just put her on a plane? So she goes and she's there for weeks, right? I think it was the duration of the summer. Yeah, so a she's, there months, for, maybe? she's there for a long time. And and she's up there and she won't come home. And they didn't have to force her to come home. Yeah. <sighs> Lord. Yeah. And during that time, guess what? His wife and kids aren't there. 
She's with him alone in his RV, right? Didn't he live in his RV? I do believe it was the RV. He lived in his RV. Yeah. Close to the place. So it's painful. It's so painful. And, and she's getting closer and closer to 16. He's got to get her pregnant. She's got to get pregnant. Got to have this child to save the alien planet. So at this point, so at this point, he actually abducts her again after she gets home. And he takes her and he puts her in a, like, it's a religious school. Well, at the time, the parents think that she just ran away. And that to be with he, him. B doesn't know where she is. And he's so worried. And he wants to marry her because he's the love of... She's blah, 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 blah. the love of his life. Yeah. And so they're talking to be on the phone all the time trying to find her because he's so worried about her. And she, she only calls B and he, he says she's in prostitution and like, honey, yeah. how are you getting your money and stuff like that? Oh, I'm prostituting. I'm having to and live on the streets. And yet he won't find her or come get her. She's just running away. So anyways, it comes to find out that he has put her... He's, he's pretended to be her father and enrolled her in some schools. A Catholic, girl's only Catholic yeah, school. Yeah, a girl's only Catholic school in under a fake name. Southern California? Yeah, I think it was Southern California. Something under a fake name. And that way, he, he told he told them that he was a CIA agent and there was some a humanitarian crisis going on and, and they were in witness protection or something. And, and if people came looking for her to, to lie and say that she wasn't there because, because it was the bad guys, because it was the bad guys and they're in the CIA and they're having to be undercover and they're hiding from the bad guys. So anyways, it took them forever. They had to actually pressure the school over and over mm-hmm. and over before the school would admit, yeah, she's here. Yep. Yeah, her name is Jan something, Janet something, or Janice something. They had a fake name. And so this poor girl, she just didn't even stand a chance. Honestly, like, she might have had a different life if she had different parents. Parents that advocated for her <laughs> own safety and her own welfare. But she didn't. She had parents that advocated for themselves. So, hey, they let her get abducted not once, but twice. Oh, and they also sent her to visit him. Because why not visit your and abuser? And then she encouraged her... Right around the age of, was it 16? To marry him. Well, does he still want to marry you? Well, do you still want to marry him? Well, why don't you come back home and get married then? We love you. We miss you. Come home. Yeah. Oh, wait. But at this point, whenever, whenever she has, quote unquote, ran away from home, her mom is frantically looking for her and he knows exactly where she's at. But, but... He pretends he doesn't, and he gets her to come up there to visit him to try to find her. And then while she's there, he seduces the mom, and they get into a relationship, and he For sleeps with her. seven months. Is seven, it seven or eleven? She's in seven... Mm, it's got to be... It's Okay, it's a long time. She's with this man. It's almost a year. The man that abducted and raped her child. She and starts, married her child in Mexico. She starts having a sexual relationship with him. And when the, so the church goes to Bob Broberg, the dad, and says, hey, your wife is doing things. We're hearing rumors that she's, she's losing the path. She's losing her Christian path in our church and you need to do something about it. So this is what really struck me and really went to my core. He gets tears in his eyes during the interview and he says, so I, I drew up divorce papers. Because I I didn't want my other little girls to go to him. 
Yeah, I didn't want my other little girls. And the church was calling me out. That's what it really boiled down to. They mm-hmm. knew she was embarrassed. Because do you know what he told the mom? B? B told the mom while they were in a relationship, file for divorce first. Because you know why? Because Bob's a homosexual, so they'll give you the kids. And he wanted, he was willing probably to marry the mom. Because Susan was coming up in age of his perfect prime victim well, that he Well, honestly, loves. think about it. His his victim, Jan, would be living with him and he'd be her stepdad. And he would have full access to her. Full access. But anyways, so the father draws up the papers, leaves the wife, takes the kids while she's gone one day. And then he serves her divorce papers and he has tears in his eyes. And he says, that was the worst day of my life. And I sat there, I paused the DVD or not the DVD, the documentary. And I said, Jake, I said, that was the worst day of his life serving his wife divorce papers. I'm sorry. The worst day of my life. The worst day of my life would be when my daughter was kidnapped by a, by a man and abducted and taken away from me. But for some reason, this idiot, the worst day of his life is when his wife, he serves his wife papers. I'm sorry. Um, your kids should come before your wife. That's my opinion. Your marriage should always be strong, but your kids are going to be, that tells me a lot about who he is as a person. So, mm, mm, mm. I digress. Um, so he serves her papers and then like they're freaking out and she doesn't want to be with B. She wants to be with her husband and it like opens her eyes to end her relationship with B or something. Because her lawyer was like, she told her lawyer, I don't want to be divorced. And he's like, if you don't want to be divorced, why are you in a sexual relationship with another man? And she's like, oh, you're right. I'm going to go back to my husband. And then he took her back and they held each other and cried and they were so happy. And I'm like, he's still raping your daughter. I don't understand. Like, you still haven't gotten to the point of the issue. Like, why you're all, all of your family members are They're sleeping with him. They're still getting calls from B, B, meeting and knowing where Jan is. He's still, both of the parents are still being like, are you going to marry him? Like, what? Mm, you I'm, can marry mm. him with our permission. You're six. You're getting almost 16. You can, if this makes you happy, because they're just losing control of their lives at this point. So I'm just trying to, like, control my emotion because I get so enraged talking about this. So at this point, though, he doesn't want her. She's nope, almost she's 16. Too old. And I think in my heart, I think that he told her you have to get pregnant by 16 because he knew that 16 was the age that he wasn't really attracted to girls anymore. Mm-hmm. That was too old for him. He was wanting them younger. So it was a deadline for her to get you know, pregnant before he wasn't attracted to her. Because he didn't want to marry her as an adult. And then she wouldn't get so upset about Susan. Yeah. And also, the older you get, the smarter you get. I'm sorry. If you would have told a 16-year-old that she was an alien, she would have laughed in your face. Like, real talk. She would have laughed in his face. And there was a day when she realized that it was a load of crap. Like one day she told her sister the whole story and was like, here's the story. I was in a van. Aliens talked to me and they said I had to have a baby. And she told her sister and her sister was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to tell the story to mom. Yeah. So she went and told her mom and her mom was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to tell your dad. And then like when they heard the story, they were floored. that cops would be a good idea first. No one thought this. Like, I just... Okay, so you're hearing my exasperation, 
And I want you to imagine what it was when I was watching this yelling at my TV, flipping pillows, standing imagine up and walking away. trying to drive. Like, almost just wrecking. Like, <laughs> 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 just Just, at this point, I just, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, I need have to go. Have you seen? <laughs> I'm going to drive right into this 18-wheeler. Have just you take seen me. the vine that was in a Walmart where they put a fake rat on top of the Coke cans? No. And this woman goes, that's it! And then another woman goes, is that, is that real? Oh, I have not. I have not seen I that. I do that every time. So anyways, so at this point, he's not interested in her. He's not. Um, he doesn't really want her anymore. And, but at this, at, she's getting old enough where she's like, well, I'm, I'm about to turn 16. Here's the oh story. Oh my God, I'm going to fail the mission. The, I'm going to fail the mission. But at this point, she's questioning the mission. She's like, is it really real? It's probably not real. Oh my gosh, how could I even question this? Like, it's, of course it's real. Wait, is it real? Like, she's getting old enough where she's like not stupid anymore. And so she tells people, and of course, here we go. Like, they know what happened now. Like, they know that... They were all stupid. And they're like, I can't believe she held that in for all this time. And I'm like, wait, hold on. So her grades slip. Her behavior goes out of whack. She loses all her relationships with her family and her friends. Or she wants to go be with her captor. All this stuff wasn't a red flag that she's not just an angsty teenager. Something is wrong and you didn't address it. You just didn't press charges. Even the FBI was like, are you sure? Are you like, sure you don't want to press charges like, against this guy? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, you're ruining our case right now. Like, you're literally like, this is like a real case and he's going to prey on other little girls if you don't stop him. But you're just willing to, like, let it go. Like, you're just going to let it go. Like, it just... People don't get this. When the crime happens, it's not always like, oh, I need revenge on what happened to me. It's preventative for the future and other people for that crime not to happen. Yes, because if you don't do your due diligence and get someone off the streets, there are other there are going to be other victims. Here's an example. A truck was stolen out of my apartment complex. It was my boyfriend's. And we had the information. We had the person's information. It was with a U-Haul. We had their ID. We had their number. We had their address. And Montgomery Police did nothing about it. And now we're getting notes that more F-250s, the same exact model, were stolen out of the parking lot of the apartment complex across the highway. Do you want to know why? It's the well, same th team of people. They didn't catch them, so of course they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it. They just got caught one time. Ooh. Okay, it's the same thing. It's my drunk driving argument. If you drive drunk and you successfully make it home, and no one does anything... It somehow you... confirms the idea that you should keep doing that, because yeah. you're not you're a bad driver. But if they catch you, and you stop drunk driving, then you're going to prevent future accidents. If you don't report that drunk driver, if they don't stop that drunk driver, at one point in time, they are going to kill somebody. And so, by inaction, you are ensuring there will be future crime, future death... And so in not catching him, they were ensuring there's going to be another little girl or another Which family in the future to, to have their lives ruined because heaven forbid people in your community find out that you're a horrible, horrible person. So horrible anyways, what did he end up going to jail for? They also for? did not tell the rest of the community that she was kidnapped for a second time. No. They just lied and said she was at her grandma's. Because they're 
more... Because they were so embarrassed that their daughter had been abducted or run away again. Because no one believed them after a couple months because they didn't press charges against Bob. And so everyone at the church was saying, oh my God, Bob, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. Well, okay. it's another instance of them caring more about what people think about them than actually caring about their children. It's fully a church perspective almost it's just ridiculous God, okay, set so them up. i'm trying to remember because i didn't fully understand what i was hearing and it's also i have horrible add so let's be real um he burnt down his own furniture store no 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 no. he burnt down he burnt bob's down work. bob's work okay so he burnt, he burnt down he actually hired two people to commit arson and they burnt down jan's father's workplace of work and it was proven that he did pay the people and he didn't pay them well but he no. paid them and then technically they didn't have enough evidence to convict him of the crime or anything yeah so he he burnt down and was it a threat or was it was because jan was getting close to the age of 16 and he wanted to make jan seem like oh my god the end of the world is happening (gasps) oh he was trying to convince her the aliens are trying to kill my father just like I told them because I told my father. So they were trying to kill my father because my dad knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The because aliens are doing the it. The end of the world's and coming. And so she still believes in this alien story, even though everyone tells her it's wrong. Yeah. And he's still trying to, like, mind manipulate her, brainwash her. So, anyways, he ends up going to jail. What did he go to jail for? He finally went to jail for some reason. I know he went and spent less than a month in jail. And then he got transferred to a mental hospital for six months. And right... By request, right? He requested? By request. Because he said, I'm so sick in the head. I love children. Blah, 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 blah. I guess. I don't and know. then he got out. And then he immediately got prosecuted for raping another little girl. Yeah, there was he only another got sentenced little girl. For a year. This is how messed up the 70s and the 80s were. Like, no... It, it was a time, a prime time before the internet, before uh, parent advocates. People just like, kids were just targets. They were just targets. So here is my biggest problem besides my eye rolling at the marriage ending being his worst day of his life. I told you how selfish the parents were. These selfish parents, the mom starts writing a book and they write a book about the struggles and the life with Rob Birchtold and all this stuff and, and how the abduction happened and, and, and all the story. Honestly, like it's a biography about how stupid she is, but she writes it and they make money and they tour and Jan speaks about it and they go on, they make all this money. Well, Bob comes after them. Bob Birchtold comes after them and says, this isn't true. I'm going to sue you. This is your lying about me. You're ruining, ruining my reputation. And they wouldn't stop. And at one point, he took him to court over it. And she's like, Jan was like, I can't believe you would sit here and deny everything when you know everything in this book is true. And she's like, no, no. So anyways, after they've ruined his reputation, he doesn't commit suicide because he's a bad person and attracted to little girls and a, a deviant. No, no, no. He commits suicide pretty much because they've ruined his life with their telltale book and became famous and rich and made money off of the story, which, okay, first of all, first of all, it kills me that they allowed their daughter to be harmed in her childhood and her life 
the, the path of her life essentially ruined and then turned it into a commercial item that they could make money off of. And now for the rest of the life, she has to talk about the worst part of her life. The worst thing that ever happened to her, that period of her life. And I mean, like, this girl is pretty dramatically crying at some points of the well, interview. I have a lot of feelings about that because, you know, I do feel sorry for her. She is now an actress. And she's oh, on. true. She's an actress. And so... You know, I bet you you become a really good actress when you spend four, five years of your life thinking that you're an alien and like lying to your parents and that. I mean, I, I think that some of this is really authentic, but I think that part of her may use that commercial success of the book to propel her into acting positions. And I just feel like her whole family has taught her to use this horrible thing that happened to her to make money. And so I'm not saying she's a bad person. She's married now. She's got a good life. She's acting. And I don't think she's the bad guy. I do think, however, that her mother and father are horrible people. And I think that her mother making money off of a book that showcases, she wasn't trying to inform the public and change lives. If she wanted to change lives, she would have, she would have filed charges against him when he first abducted her and not let this horrible trail of devastation happen. No, no, no. She wanted a book and she wanted to make money. You know, it's awkward is the fact that the dad's sitting in a recliner the whole time through the interviews. I will tell you, and not to bring up memes again, but there is a meme. The memes, man. The, the memes, memes are on are fire. So good. He's sitting there in the, in the recliner and he's holding his hands up and it says, when I think that I'm a good friend, but then I realize really I'm not that good of a friend. Because <laughs> apparently Just, when you think you're a good friend versus... When you realize you're not that good of a friend. I'm not that good of anybody's friend. I'm sorry. Mm -mm, nope. I thought I thought I loved you, but then I watched this documentary and I guess I'm not that good of a friend. <laughs> like, I just, nope, sorry, nope, nope, I'm nope, probably nope. not going to do that in the car with you, but thank you. But no, so this, this, this documentary infuriated me because as a mother, and I always say as a mother, as a mother, no, as a mother, um, something you think you understand love and all that jazz you 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 can sympathize but you can't empathize until you have your own kids and all of a sudden like your wiring and your brain changes and I can't imagine somebody touching my children taking my children harming my children and doing the things that she did as a mother it infuriates me in a way that it wouldn't have three years ago four years ago before my children were born because they're two now um, and so I watch these parents making horrible decisions, harming their children. And it makes me literally think that they should have, I mean, honestly, I feel like they should have had some kind of charges pressed against them, like recklessness and carelessness and child abuse, because they allowed this child abuse to happen incessantly. And then they made money off of it. The most selfish people I've ever heard about in my life. I'm done with my diatribe. I'm off my soapbox. Here's my soapbox. I'm off of it. See, as a person with strict parents, I don't understand how it went this far. Okay, we have the same parents. It would parents. have been like, oh, you want to go horseback riding with this older person? No. I will tell you that our parents are freaks, though. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. I know you probably are. Mom helped you teepee a house. Okay, we were, that was just good, clean fun. See, that's a joke. The teepee is clean. Like you clean yourself with it. It's a joke. Anyways, good you clean fun. You have to fun. explain a joke. Is it funny? 
<laughs> you got me. Checkmate. <laughs> Anyways, dad jokes galore. Um, so Granny, my mom's mom, taught my mom, who taught us, of stranger danger. And I'm talking, if if you aren't an advocate for your child's safety, who is? Nobody is. So Granny, literally, like when the doorbell rang, she would hide and not answer. And so Mom did the same. If so, I don't know you're coming over, you best not be coming over. Oh, the yeah. top lock's you locked. Could... The bottom lock's locked. I am in pajamas. You... I am not opening that door. <laughs> I may or may not have on a bra. You know, like, you're not invited. So Granny would say, even if I love you and you're my family, if you show up unexpectedly, you're not welcome. And there's, oh, there's and Granny's no... not going to play. Granny has a gun. <laughs> there's no unexpected visitors. I don't care if I love you. I'm not expecting you. I'm not dressed. You're not welcome. And so you got to plan things out. And so when the doorbell rings... If it's now, if it's not a and package, our old house had windows, so we were like, what? yeah. If if you're not if you're not delivering a package and walking away, you're a stranger danger. Okay, so the doorbell rings, and every time the doorbell rings, I grab the kids, I muffle the dogs, I belly crawl like an army crawl across the floor, scared to death of who's at my door, who's gonna kill me, what axe murderer is at my front door. It's the psychological like anxiety fear that. All of us have, and it's not normal. The average person goes, ding oh, dong. Look, there's just someone oh, at my who's house. here. Someone's here to visit me. Oh my gosh, is it a flower delivery? Is that my package in the mail? <laughs> no, I think what axe murderer is at my door? And I've been taught this because generations of anxiety ridden people have I, I've come from a culture Hi, I have of inherited anxiety. <laughs> I come from a culture. I come from an ancestry of crazy people who hey, think lived, everyone's right? going to murder you. We lived. Okay, so to this day, literally, FedEx showed up yesterday. Hudson goes, door! Runs towards the door. I grab him. We we land on the ground. I muffle the dogs. Sophie goes, Mimi. I say, it's not Mimi. It's a murderer. We crawl on the ground. <laughs> I can't help it. Like... It's who I am because of who my family is. So, yes, our parents made us that way because, like one because her mom made her that way. There are no people at your door. If someone's coming, mm-hmm. they text you and tell you that they're coming. They call you and say they're coming. There are no surprises. Don't you be sneaking up on me. Hey, somebody, I have a ring doorbell so I can see you on video. Some guy rang my doorbell and then started looking in my windows to see oh, what was in my that. house. And I'm just like, see? Axe murderer. People are axe murderers. I'm sorry. There was this person at our old house. And at our old house, there's just windows everywhere. Everywhere. And so I can see this car pull up. And I'm like, oh, it's mom. She's at the grocery store. because She had just been to Target. I'm going to open the garage for her and help her get her groceries (gasps) out. Person pulls into the driveway. I'm opening the garage door. I realize definitely not my mom's car because it's a car and not a truck or like a mid-sized vehicle and oh. i go abort abort, uh, abort. Uh, 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 close the garage close the garage and this person pulls all the way in the garage backs up because we have a really long driveway to the flagpole sits there with their lights on and then I see them writing something. They're holding a laptop. I like, hang on, wait. I like how monotone you are through this entire thing. And now you're like... Because you, I get judged by levels, mom on this story. Your audio levels are actually in a decent range for the first time in an hour and seven minutes. Because, <laughs> because you're like actually feeling passionate about something. And you're, you're like one time your intensity is actually matching your brain. <laughs> 
Women do not question the Scorpio intensity on someone in my area. You monotone Scorpio soul. I don't even... But this person (laughs) pulls up and just sits there. But hold on, it gets worse. She turns on... Or she, he, I can't tell. I couldn't tell. It. I thought it was a he. And so, turns on the light in the car and is holding a laptop sideways. Sideways. Like a book. Taking a photo No, is like writing. And I'm like, oh my god, they're writing down our address or something, writing down something. And so... I'm freaking out. I'm calling my mom. I'm like, should I call the police? They've been sitting here for like 10 minutes. Why are you in my driveway? Because to get down that far in the driveway is like 200 feet, maybe. 200, maybe. This, okay. To, to, and to it's re- in the on. woods. Some backstory on this house. This driveway was the longest driveway I've ever seen in, in my the life. World. Like, thank you for teaching me how to back up. I know. I can back up like a pro now because like, of that one driveway. I don't, all I got to look is one side mirror. Yeah. Good. Like, you could have a block party just in your driveway. This driveway was so long. You know, I... But it ends up... Yeah. I am... My mom's like, well, I don't know who it is. I don't know if you should call. Take a picture of the car and everything. And so I army crawl to the side of the house and start taking pictures, and I get caught. Okay. You know why? <laughs> because my phone is on loud. You know why? It's because mom calls me and I get, and I'm like, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. The person's gonna, the person is going to they get me. <laughs> and I run inside and the dogs are freaking out. And I'm like, mom, they saw me. They saw me. I was like, I'm going to die. And she's like, shut up, Kaylee. Hey, hey. Turns hey. out the person leaves a note on the door. It is our dog's old vet who is writing us a note begging us to join a research group that we had quit. Okay, but honestly... You Why ma- are you at our house at 10 p.m. at night? Honestly, you, in the ma- woods. you made a really rookie mistake, though. Because, obviously, when you're creeping, your phone needs to be on silent. Of course you got busted. Rookie mistake, okay? Honestly, the my, uh, my paranoid, anxious, anxiety-ridden um, childhood has made me a really good neighborhood watchdog. We're completely off on a tangent now, and that's fine. However, that being said... I live on a cul-de-sac, and the most of y'all, most of y'all listening here don't know actually where I live, so this is safe to say. I live on a cul-de-sac, and when you turn, there's only six cars on our part of cars. Oh, my Lord. There's only six houses on our part of the street, and I'm on the corner. I'm the very first house in our, technically our street, and then once you round the corner, my house is the corner. We have both sides of that corner as part of our house and our yard. And then you go to the end of the cul-de-sac. Well, at the end of the cul-de-sac in this really nice neighborhood, really nice neighborhood, the child, the teenage child of our neighbor is a drug dealer. I mean, and honestly, his like, poor parent he, right now. no, I don't feel sorry for his parents at all. And I'll tell you why in a second. So they have a company and they do really, really well. And, but it help, but it keeps them so busy that they don't have time to take care of their kids. And the mom makes excuses for this kid saying that he has mental problems. Yeah. His mental problem is he's a hustler and he started out with breaking into garages and then he got in trouble for Grand Theft Auto. If and you weren't then, Sir Virgo, you might be him. I know it's right. I can't help it, okay? So, I'm criticizing to make you criticizing him to make him a better person, okay? So, 
he went from Grand Theft Auto, which wasn't making enough oh, money, sorry. to dealing Is this drugs. You're critiquing people again. Yeah, I'm making them a better person by critiquing him online. Okay, so podcasting, I'm telling the world how he could be a better person. He could stop stealing cars. He could stop dealing drugs. I guess sold there's cars. Yeah, he was in. He did Grand Theft Auto, sold cars, but then how is he not in? Jail? He actually ran a Grand Theft Auto ring of high school kids who would steal cars, and now he's selling drugs, and he comes to the. To, he goes down the street and turns the corner. <laughs> Do in you front... remember when I was staring at him? Yeah. I mean, mm, mm. And I just stared him in the eyes and I was like, he, what are you doing? If he walks down the street and turns the corner, he's in right in front of my kitchen window. But you can't see him from his parents' house. So he would have cars pull up there all night and all day. And he would just randomly walk out of his house, texting on his phone. He would meet up with the car, get in the car, get back out, put something in his pocket, and walk into his house. Meanwhile, the cars would drive down the cul-de-sac, do a loop, and leave. Constantly. Day, night, day, night. Car, car, car. And I got sick of these drug deals in front of my window because if something went wrong, they would shoot at me and my babies while I'm washing their bottles or giving them food in their high chair. Like, we would literally be at the intersection of this drug deal gone wrong. And so I got really ticked off about it. And I finally said something because not only would the cars come for the drug deal, but sometimes they would come just to see if he was home and they will drive slowly up to the corner and look towards the house. And then if they didn't see what they liked or if the drug deal wasn't on, they would just drive in the cul-de-sac, do a loop and leave. The traffic by my house is insane because of this drug dealer. We've told the cops, we've called the cops and they're like, yeah, we know. Like, yeah, just, um, they're like, just get, you know, license plates of the cars. I'm like, the cars aren't the problem. The kid's the problem. We've actually texted his dad about it. And his dad was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I had no clue about this. I've never picked up on it. Why do you think you're that? You're taking commissions on these sales? Um, okay. Can I make a joke? Let's make a joke. His dad runs a lawn company like a landscaping lawn company oh God, i'm waiting for this joke oh both his son and himself are in the grass business um i thought <laughs> you were gonna make a better joke about <laughs> about well i i'm assuming he's selling weed i might be wrong more things about aliens oh no i'm that joke no because i mean if, if he if his company does grass for, for a living and his son sells grass for a living but he honestly could be selling something more. I'm just guessing. I really doubt that it's weed. You don't think it's weed? Oh, hey. Weed no, isn't no. nearly as popular hey, as Xanax So now. the cops, like, less than a week ago, mm, I would say probably six days ago, maybe five, they drove slowly down the street, up and down again, and Jake's like, the cops are here again. Like, they are always here. The cops are always here. And they stopped in front of our driveway. So, of course, we belly crawled in the driveway. We belly crawled in the driveway. Who is we? Jake and I. Shut up. So we belly crawled in the garage to listen to the car outside of our driveway. Well, his mom called the cops on him because of I don't know why. But anyway, so the mom pulls up next to the cop and they block him on his bike. I don't know why he's on his bike. That's how he originally started. His I would bike. never buy this kid a car. His Well, he has one. No, he has one, but I guess he loses it randomly. I don't really know why. Like it just is, He's on his bike for some reason. And, and... You know, there's always shady characters around, but today he's on a bike, and I don't you gotta know. you got to be eco-friendly in the grass business. Jake says he hears 
the cops saying to him, you need to quit drinking, you need to quit smoking, you need to quit doing all this stuff, or we're going to pick you up. And I'm like, oh my God. And so these kids, like he and his friends go now, since I've, since I've called him out, I've called the cops, I've called his, I've, I've, we text his parents. Now he's moved his drug location. He doesn't usually do it in front of my window. He has them park on the trail somewhere and he goes down the trails and meets them. I know which area it is. Yes. Yeah. Pass the children warning walking sign, yeah, like he, the crosswalk sign. He meets at the he other place. He parks right there, and they act like they're at this house, but this house you could park really far in front of because there's this group of trees in front of it that has the trail that crosses. Mm-hmm. It has a crosswalk because you go to the other street. Well, you can park there. That dude no longer can be visible to Shanna and just walks down the trail, turns a little bit left, and can walk directly to the car, if not meet in the woods, and it's even more private. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sometimes no, the green belt meets, trails scare me. He doesn't care about, he doesn't care about privacy. He really doesn't. He, he'll get, he, he's so blatantly obvious, but he, he, they're real, I don't know. He meets him now. He turns right on the trails. He meets him at the end of the street. They do their transaction. It's hidden from my sight. He's trying to be smart. He's an idiot. I don't know what to do about it. I need him to move like stat. I, or, or well, one time I called the cops and they're like, Hey, don't worry. He got picked up. He'll be gone for two weeks. You don't have to worry about him. And I'm like, but what about the, after the two weeks? That's, he's probably the number one reason I have the, the ring system. But anyways, I'm off on a tangent. I don't know how I got on this tangent, but bad parents. Bad I don't, parenting, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're bad people. I just think that they... They make excuses for this kid and I don't even, oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, but I am the neighborhood watch. I stand at that kitchen window and I can tell you who comes, who goes, what time they leave, what time they come back, how, how many transactions he's done that day. I can tell you the car, I'm a paranoid the, make, the model, freak. the color. Yeah, I'm a paranoid freak. One time Jake walked outside, this car kept coming back for drug transactions and went to leave. Jake walked out in the garage with a baseball bat and walked down the driveway and they ran off. And I'm like, that's not good. should have put a purge mask on. That's not good. I was like, I'm going to put a sign up that says no drug transactions today. But anyways, it's made me paranoid. So paranoia is better than ignorant bliss. But I don't know how we got from this tangent. Bad parenting. Abduction. No, I think it was not bad parenting because we're talking about how it's we had the same parents. And then we it was about that being anxious about even the door about being ringing. anxious about about our parents instilling a psychological um, our parents instilling psychological anxiety for stranger danger, and so this thing because would have never parents, happened to us. Parents let her do everything. If I told my mom, I'm going to go get on a plane and be with a 40-year-old man who I'm in love with and I'm going to marry, she would have slapped me so hard. Do it. It would have been like the exorcist. My head would have spun around in like six circles after she got done slapping me. I'm changing the lock to the outside of your door. Do it. I don't know. Do it. I dare you. Anyway, so if you haven't watched Abducted in this Plain Sight, well, we just ruined it for you. But go enjoy it because it's messed up. You might actually like it. And honestly, it's probably really more accurate than we are because we're a mess. I can't yeah. promise that any of this was actually And let actually me just suggest correct. actually to continue doing your research on yeah. it. Yeah, there's so much more that it couldn't even... It couldn't there even... Are some... Oh, wait, did you read his obituary? I no. went online and I read his obituary and it talks about all this stuff. It doesn't even mention any of this. It talks about what a wonderful, caring person and father he was. And he was so creative. And he, and I'm just like, eyes are rolling so far back in my head that, like, I'm seeing my brains. You know, in forensics, we talk about this on 
morality of the rights of the accused and how they get buried. Because a lot of people who are life in prison get abandoned by their families for killing people, basically. And so when they do die in prison, they basically get buried. They die alone, yeah. They get buried in an unmarked grave and. The, no, uh, this guy's not in an unmarked grave. But we're talking like a lot of places will refuse to bury in a funeral home because based on what they did. So a lot of criminals and a lot of terrorists, terrorists are huge on like, we don't want them buried in American soil and we don't want this person done by this. And do they have a right to be buried? So like Osama bin Laden, when he was, you know, apparently killed, not we don't have any proof, really. That's a conspiracy theory we can talk about. But apparently, respectfully, he's at within, the bottom of the ocean, Kaylee. Don't you but know? But you would think that they would do something, <laughs> right? But with before twenty four hours had even come up, they had buried him. Not buried him. They had wrapped him up in a cloth and had buried him at sea. Apparently, like fifty yards away from he's the swimming with the fishes. Sh- like sure and they had him weighted down with rocks well the reason they said they did that is because they didn't want um his followers to have his body for some reason like it would have caused some kind of issue i'm I'm not an expert on the subject somewhere in the nor the new england area there is a there is a funeral home that accepts the bodies of like terrorists and stuff like so the boston bomber is an example They threw a huge fit saying he should not be buried on American soil as an American terrorist. And so that's a huge. Let's talk about no body, no death. Mm. (laughs) No. Okay. We have to end this episode because it's like too long. If you're probably already at work or you're at lunch or you're doing whatever, like you have. Your lunch is over. Yeah. Your lunch has been over. Sorry about it. Um, But anyway, so abducted in plain sight. We got off on tangents about drug dealers. You know too much about my life now. You know about how we're riddled with anxiety yeah we got problems we had neuroses but anyways so abducted in plain sight it should be called abducted because my parents are idiots a more fitting title hi i'm abducted because i'm in the lds church and there's an excuse for everything well honestly i don't i don't blame the lds church um i think that i think they were worried about what the lds church would think about them they were more worried about their reputation. I have a friend who is a Mor- who's a Mormon in the LDS I do, church. I do too. I have many friends. And they actually, she said, you would have to be a member of the LDS church to understand their frame of mind. And I'm like, no, I can't understand that frame of mind because, because I, it, I, I can't see how it's My related to a church. best friend is... Which is just, it's just a weird She's saying that it's... Culture. That but he is such a positive person about yes. every aspect of life that he can see no negativity to a situation and that it's only moving forward in a situation. So it is the situation of, this did happen, how can I make a positive situation out yes. of this? I... What she's trying to say, and I get it, but what she's trying to say is that in the LDS com- LDS community, they are super positive. They always try to see the good in people. They always try to find the good in life. But also, a lot of them are very sheltered and super sheltered to the point where she's trying to make the excuse that these parents were so sheltered they couldn't imagine 
the horrors that were actually happening or going mm-hmm. to happen. And I'm like, but they're committing adultery and yet they're sheltered. Like it doesn't make sense to me, but then again, I'm an outsider. So maybe it's just their, their, their viewpoint on life. On the idea of she had an open relationship with B, the dude who did kidnap her daughter and yet she still wanted to be married to her husband. Okay. Because okay. that gets me. Okay. Think about this. If someone ever messed with Sophie and then hit on me, I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm so into it. And then I would murder him. I would cut off his junk. I would put it on a stake. She and had, I'd, like, what, almost a year to do it. I would put it in the front yard on a stake. And then I would smother him. I'm just telling you how I would commit murder. This is not a legal binding thing. <laughs> this is a podcast. It's a theoretical. Hey, I'm not admitting to any crimes. Head, is it considered meditated if a crime has theoretically? Been theoretically, I would murder him. <laughs> There's someone buried if underneath anyone... the baseboards. Hey, it's underneath the patio in the back. I actually have this thing on my keychain. It's a long, sharp, pointy, ridged object. And I'm giving them to every female I know. So if you're listening to this and you're a close female friend or a family member and you don't have one, come to me because I need to get them. Actually, I should like do like a hey, 10 out of 10 recommend a taser. Hey, we should sell them to the girls in, in the group and have like CG on them. Sell this, the, the black one that I have and like CG. creepy girl one and like that way. Anyways, you put your thumb. 10 out of 10 recommend a stabby cat. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this thing I have on my keychain, I. It's a long, like, sharp, ridged, dagger-looking thing. And you put it on your keychain, and you stick your thumb through the ring. And you you wrap your hand around it when you're walking through a parking lot or you don't feel safe. And if someone tries to hurt you, it literally will pierce their body. You stab until you can't stab anymore. (laughs) Like, that's what you do. So, one time we were walking... This is another tangent. One time we were walking through a Costco, and we were targeted by traffickers. They were taking pictures of us and they were sending them out to somebody in the parking lot. And you wonder why I'm a creepy girl. Like I'm just like messed up in the head. They sent pictures a lot. What they do is they look for women that are distracted or have me really, really worried about my roommate when she goes out shopping because she will go shopping, but she won't come home after a couple hours. And I'm just like, please update me. Well, I hate to tell you this, but kids get more money than women. Okay. True. So they look for women who have kids or are distracted. And so what they do is they take pictures of you while you're shopping and they follow you around and then they send them out to somebody in the parking lot. And then whenever you are about to leave, they text the people or they call them. And so that car, that van, that whatever is driving around, they know what you look like. They know what you're wearing. They look for you. And when you walk to your car and you start loading in your groceries or you load in we one of your... We had that issue in Las Vegas at a Target with me and Ashley and mom. Yeah. You, whenever... you were being stared at. Yeah. Whenever you load followed. in, like you load in one kid, they'll take the other kid. And they like literally drive past you. And before you can even turn around, they have your kid out of the stroller, out of the, the buggy, whatever. Gosh situation. And so... I, ever since being targeted by that and having that fear in my heart, um, you bet I walk with that stabby Taser. thing and I will stab them Taser. until they don't move. I will stab them. Taser. I have, I'm really not a violent person. I just am violent when it comes to protecting my kids. I really am. 
I'll deal with it. I just, it's important. Little conspiracy thing added on. If you don't know, I'm a big Shane Dawson fan. Yeah, he just came out with his conspiracy theories in I part like one and part two. But one of his friends actually got targeted. Mm. She married, okay, she found a guy on online dating and he was European and he claimed that he was a doctor and he had all this money and everything. She wasn't into that, but she was like, oh, okay, I dated, he's so charismatic and all that. This guy ended up getting her pregnant within like a few months. They got engaged, they got married, they had a baby. His mom came down and kept talking about how perfect her baby was. She go, oh, my baby, my baby. And so this baby had a Audi belly button when he was little. And so she caught this woman putting a quarter over the belly button and wrapping it to try to force an any belly button. And then she would put multiple diapers on its hips to make the hips super straight and make sure it didn't have any back issues and stuff like that. And talking about how perfect its complexion was and everything. And that the the father kept talking about how, oh, I need his birth certificate. I need your birth certificate. I need your passport picture. I need Why? pictures of you. Why? Basically, they were saying this guy had frauded her and married her. And between the mom and him, they were going to both traffic her and her baby. What? Because he was from what? Russia and he also lied and said he had cancer. And so she looked up how the cancer drugs would go through and there would be bruises all over him from all the IVs. And it turns out he lied and he was like, if I die, when I die, uh, you need to move to Russia because I have all this money waiting in the bank and uh, you you have it set up here and I, you will never have to work a day in your life. And she had become a family vlogger. She had basically quit her job at a major media source. She sold her house. She bought her money there. She had put herself $30,000 in debt trying to save this guy from the debt. And then when they went to go buy their new house when he claimed he had 34 million euros, she went to Malibu to buy the $8 million house. And when they did that, they had just sold their house and the $8 million disappeared from the bank account. And so they had no place to live. He had documents. And this guy is covered by the FBI at the moment. And she, her kid can't have a passport. He can't be out of sight. She's living at her mom's house. And her mom's house has a non-jump 10-foot fence my face has been in my hands for like two minutes now <laughs> yeah and this guy hold on is now married and has another baby with another girl who doesn't believe her you probably should have saved that for it deserves an episode if you want an episode we can talk about conspiracy theory. also oh, there's a chuck no. e. cheese conspiracy theory that's funny no, we can talk about the woman that tried to cut the baby out of the woman's body to take oh, her God. baby. Yep. We should have a baby episode. That'd be really good. Okay, we're stopping this episode now. I said I was going to do it for 15 minutes ago. We're doing it now for real. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, you for listening. You guys wanted a couple episodes? We gave <laughs> you, you wanted, a one. I gave you a big episode because we're behind. Um. So anyways, like and review on iTunes or whatever platform Subscribe, you're listening share. to. Subscribe to us. That way you get updates for when we go and we 
me not sick and making podcasts. Um, and also, the reviews makes a huge difference. Peer so review ahead. after so many times, you get up into like a content. Yeah, so we want to have lots of people listen to us. It makes us, it brings us joy in our souls. It we don't brings get, us more resources to put out more episodes. Get, we don't get paid for this. We do it for fun because we're freaks. And gives we, us a moment to talk about crap about we everyone's like, tired of us talking we about. We like this weird stuff. And so give us a reason to do it because we want to mm-hmm. we want to have listeners. Anyways, um, also, if you're not a part of our Facebook group, join our Facebook group. It's called Creepy Girls Podcast. Like, just come we join our group. share funny memes. Dude, <laughs> it is the best place for memes because I'm like, oh, I... That that meme identifies with You're my like, soul. If I share this, I I can't share. If this I share all these memes on my timeline, people are gonna think I'm a weirdo. But I know the perfect group to share these memes in. I save them. I, oh, yes, my people. These are my people, my weirdos like me. So, anyways, come join a group of weirdos. We're amazing weirdo, fun, strange, quirky. We're a good bunch of people. Plus. I'm thinking if anything ever happens to any of us, the others will be able to solve the murder. <laughs> if I stop posting memes in the group, y'all should I'm, be concerned. Yeah, if I don't post memes in there, you should be Just worried. Just like about I feel welfare. like all the people at my local Starbucks will be concerned if I disappear. Anyways, all right, for real. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. And bye bye. Keep it creepy. <laughs>